Today's National Dessert Day. And right across the country, Canadians being encouraged to indulge in their favorite dessert and share it on social media using the hashtag National Dessert Day. First and foremost, I think, uh, you know, you fall into one of two categories. Either you're a dessert person or you're not a dessert person. I am not like an overly... uh, abundant dessert person uh, if you will i've always said i would rather have another steak <laughs> than a dessert mary how about you you dessert lover uh you know what i do i'm kind of with you though i'm a little more a fan of the the savory than the sweet but if there is an opportunity to have a particular dessert i will always say yes okay sure. and if you could pick one what is your favorite of all of the uh, sweet desserts chocolate Chocolate, chocolate, anything, everything with chocolate. <laughs> if I was going to pick one chocolate, dessert, chocolate, brownie with chocolate on top and chocolate <laughs> inside. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Yeah. Have you had the chocolate lava cake? Yes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. It's too good. I know just 30 seconds ago I was saying I'm not much of a dessert fan, but you no, know, chocolate lava cake is really good. Chocolate mousse, good too. Chocolate souffle. Yep. Chocolate brownie. Yeah. Okay, you're convincing me. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. David, how about you? Oh, I love cake. I can't get enough cake. Um, just, you know, lovely ice cream cake. Oh, just it's nice and cold. And you can put a little bit of ice cream on top, too. Just a little bit of vanilla ice cream. Um, can but, I ask you this, though? Yes. Is there such thing as ice cream cake? Because you can have cake with a side of ice cream. Just because you happen no. to mold and cut the cake into a rectangle, is it all of a sudden a cake? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. It says it on the box, Jeff. It's legit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yep. Yeah, ice cream cake with the yep. little cookies and cream ice cream. Oh, yeah. gosh. Don't get me wrong. I love the ice cream cake. You're absolutely right. I was just wondering. I've, I've always wondered that, whether or not you can really consider ice cream to be a cake. Uh, you know, I was thinking here on National Dessert Day, my favorite dessert. Um, does tequila count? Can- yes. No. No. <laughs> no. Unless you put... Like key lime. At least put key lime on the top of it. <laughs> Not just lime, key lime. You know what I recently discovered is a uh, coffee-flavored tequila. Have you seen this in the stores? Ew, sounds gross. No. Dave just gave me yeah, a face like I fed him medicine. No, yeah. it sounds gross. <laughs> I'm with Dave. It sounds gross. Sorry. You know what? Really good. It, <laughs> is it it's really? All, it's really, really good. It's uh, on the label. It says Cafe XO. You can get it at the LCBO. I had it at a friend's place a few months back, and I thought similar to you. What is this? Coffee tequila, but after a meal, quite nice. Okay. okay. Yeah, hmm. Kind of like a coffee liqueur uh, in a way. But. Is, it, is it like that uh, mint chocolate chip vodka that they have? That one's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know what I recently sweet. had, by the way? Dill pickle vodka. What? Yes. No. Is no. a big thing. <laughs> no. That is the no. thing. Okay, Mary, hold on. Before you say no, no to dill pickle vodka, and I know this is a bit of a sidebar, uh, but think about that in a Caesar. How good is that? Okay. But I don't like Caesars, so I'd still say okay. no. Okay. <laughs> yep. It was surprisingly good, though. And uh, listen, you got to try it. Dill, Take it from dill, me. Who makes it? Do you know? Uh, you know what? I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yes. <laughs> hey, our personal finance expert, expert Rabina Ahmed Hawk. She's uh, standing by here listening in on this uh, conversation. Rabina, National Dessert Day. Your number one dessert. What would it be? I have to say pumpkin pie. And this is amazing <laughs> at this time of year because you can get pumpkin pie everywhere. Yeah. But I've started making it myself. Because it's just a, you know, a tiny bit more delicious, I think, than the home, home, uh, the store bought one. 
Uh, but yeah, I love that that sort of crust and then smooth in the middle with whipped cream. Okay, are you sure this is not recency bias? Is this playing into it here that we just came out of Thanksgiving and pumpkin pie <laughs> all of a sudden your favorite? Okay. It's literally the last dessert I ate. <laughs> <laughs> That's always my favorite. <laughs> my last one I had, yeah. All yeah. right, Rabina is joining us here this afternoon because we're going to talk uh, about a couple of things. But first, the uh, land crossing with the U.S. Of course, as we were talking yesterday, it is reopening sometime in November. But Rabina, that comes with possible perils to uh, families' finances? Well, I mean... A lot of Canadians are getting really excited about the idea that we can cross the border and shop again. But I really want to caution Canadians who are you know, ready to go across and shop at the outlet malls. I mean, all the same things that we had before the pandemic, the costs uh, remain. So the cost to actually get there, the gas and the you know, and you may stay at a hotel and you may eat at a restaurant. But there's also you have to get a, a negative covid test. Uh, to enter back into the country, and those can cost up to $200. So if you're going down with your family of four, that's pretty expensive. I, I hope you're getting super deep discounts on all the things that you're getting to make it worth your while. So I just caution Canadians who are making plans to go just for the shopping aspect uh, that it's going to cost you a lot to do that. And when you get there, you may be buying things that you don't necessarily need because we've been pent up for the last 19 months and we have this feeling that we want to go out there and spend. So we might end up overspending just because we're so zealous about the idea that, oh, we can finally go across the border and, and shop at those outlets again. Right. And don't you find you overspend regardless of the uh, pandemic? I mean, when you do one of those cross-border uh, trips, uh, there's almost like a, a built-in pressure there. I, I've spent all this money and time just to get here, so I need to, to buy a ton of stuff. Hundred percent. That feeling of I've got to make it worth it. I think really just uh, is on people's minds when they're there. So you may go to go, you know, holiday shopping. So you want to buy some Christmas decorations. Maybe you want to buy some gifts. But when you get there, it doesn't have the sizes you want, the colors you were expecting. But you end up buying things anyways. And then the problem is, is that unlike here, where if you buy something locally and you bring it home and you don't like it, you can easily return it. Whereas right. if you bought it across the border, returning it is you know really not an option. Um, and also with, with, with holiday gifts, I always like buying locally because the person I'm giving it to, if they don't like it, I want to have, you know, give them the option to go back to the store and exchange it. And, and if it, I bought it in Buffalo, they're probably not going to travel all the way there to do it. Yeah, do Canadian consumers, do they think and shop in the same ways as our American counterparts? Or do we think differently about shopping? So we... Canadian consumers, and this is just surveys, it's not true for every single individual, we tend to be very value-oriented, looking for the best deals. We stock up when we see one of our favorite products on sale. Uh, we're, that's not as common for Americans. Um, again, it's not it's not exactly uh, true for everybody. I'm sure there's lots of Americans that uh, bargain shop. I think part of it has to come with, in America, it's a very much consumer culture. They shop more than we do, and they have more access to deals than we do. So we may feel that this deal is not going to come back. So we stock up on it uh, because it's on the shelves and it's you know half the price it normally is. While Americans know that these deals do come back over and over again, uh, and sometimes even better, so they don't feel that need to definitely to, to be in the stores and, and buying mass amounts of stuff. And just finally on this uh, topic, on this uh, point, I want to double back on the uh, COVID test you mentioned a, a second ago because it can be expensive, right? Like upwards of uh, is it two hundred dollars? 
That's right. Yeah. And you have, I mean, there's all these other rules. I mean, it's $200. It has to be within 72 hours of you crossing the border. I'm already hearing from friends who were an hour too long on their test and couldn't get back into the country. So then had to pay for another test at the airport, which was even more expensive in order to get a negative test and then cross over. So really make sure that say, you know, you can get the test here, go shopping and come back, but really make sure that you're within that 72 hour window. Even a couple of minutes is going to disqualify you from being able to reenter with that negative test. Um, that is something that businesses are actively trying to get the government to drop because what they're saying is that if you're requiring this expensive test uh, for Canadians or Americans or anyone crossing the border to come over, it's going to deter some of those American shoppers, American tourists uh, that would otherwise be more than happy to come over and spend a weekend in Toronto and spend their American bucks. All right. The old phrase, buyer beware, is uh, ruminating in my head right now as you're talking about uh, all of yes. this. Yes. Here with our personal finance expert, Rabina ahmed Hawk. Rabina, also wanted to talk to you uh, once again here this afternoon about the supply chain and the continuing problems when it comes to that. Uh, President Biden in the States uh, yesterday with a, a major announcement that they're going to keep ports open. I know the uh, Los Angeles uh, port is going to now be open 24-7. Is that the biggest stumbling block right now, is just getting goods uh, in through these ports? Yes. So at the on the West Coast, for example, there are hundreds of ships that are just standing in, or I guess floating in the ocean, waiting to be cleared um, at the port. So what Joe Biden, the president, is saying is that he wants to open these ports 24-7. Something like 40% of what Americans consume come through just a few ports uh, in Southern California. And so he wants to clear the backlog and get those items to the shelves. Um, and of course, that's costing money. So if you've got somebody, you know, you've got a crew on a ship that's bringing those containers over, they're just idling in the ocean. You're paying them to do that. And then, of course, those items are taking longer to get to the shelves and be sold to consumers which is another cost uh, to the retailer because they're not making that money until that item is on the shelves. And so he's come up with this plan. There's already one port in Long Beach, I believe, that's open 24-7. He wants to extend that uh, to another one in Los Angeles and make it around-the-clock operations to get that backlog cleared. Uh, I mean, right now, the the cost of of bringing a a cargo ship from, uh, from Asia to the West Coast is $20,000. Before the pandemic, it was $3,000. That's a 567% increase in cost. And that is going to be um, put on the consumer in the, at the end of the day. Well, you might have answered my next question, because actually I was just talking to a friend of mine uh, the other day who's in home rentals, home rental business. He's got a, a shipment of uh, plumbing supplies that's just sitting there in Vancouver. He is uh, waiting for it to uh, clear through the uh, port there. It's going to be another a couple of weeks. That backs up uh, his work uh, as well and his employees as well who can't work until they get the you know, parts that they need. So what sort of effect is this having overall on the economy or do we even have any idea yet? Oh, it's having a huge effect. Just right now, I was at the department store looking for tights for my daughter's dance class, and there's nothing on the shelves. There's very few choices. And I mean, I'm I'm a little bit um, sort of used to, like every other Canadian consumer, just showing up at the store and having lots of choice. And so I think a lot of us have to manage our expectations when we go shopping, that maybe everything we always wanted is not always just going to be there. But it's having, you know, it's obviously frustrating consumers because they don't get the items they want when they want them. It's uh, creating um, expenses for businesses. So using that construction uh, as an example, 
you know, he may have uh, workers who are willing to work, but in order to keep them, he's got to pay them, but he's got no supplies to actually get them to do anything. So he's paying workers for nothing. And so that's costing them obviously money and that's delaying their projects. And if you delay a project, that means you can't start another project. And so that's obviously costing money. So it has a knock on effect. I mean, uh, it used to take a uh, retailers would, uh, would um, uh, factor in 120 days to get items from Asia to the store. So, so for example, a store in Toronto would say 120 days to buy it and then actually have it on the shelves. They've now increased that time to 180 days. And so just more pre-planning that retailers have to do uh, to make sure they have product and, and that uh, the product arrives on time um, and that the product arrives, you know, um, in, in, a, in a, at a cost that they can actually charge the consumer and, uh, and still get sales. Speaking of pre-planning, just finally here, how early should we start our holiday shopping considering all of these? supply chain problems. Oh, Jeff, you've asked me this question before, and I got into a lot of trouble. I am not telling anybody when when to start their holiday shop. I don't know if you remember our conversation, me, you, and Cheryl, but uh, Cheryl got really excited about the idea of just going holiday shopping. Right. I say start early because of all the things that we have just talked about, but start early because it always saves you money when you plan. So if you sit down after this conversation that I, you know, when I get off the radio, you want to sit down and just make a list of the things that you need to buy for the holidays and you can maybe include Halloween in there too because maybe you haven't done that shopping Um, and then go out and see where the sales are stock up whenever you can Um, that's going to save you money whenever you shop in haste whether it's for your wedding or for the holidays or for your friend's birthday you always spend more because you end up buying something uh, that you necessarily didn't want or more than you wanted to spend uh, you know, make that list early and then you're going to be able to take advantage of the sales because you'll see them and know, oh, yeah, I've got to buy those holiday napkins. They're on sale. I'm going to go get them. Last minute, you're probably going to pay full price for all that stuff. All right. Great stuff as always, Rubina. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. You too. Personal finance expert Rubina Ahmed Hawk with us. And we're back after this on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.